Hey everyone, welcome back to A Journey Through the Gospels with the Catholic Forge. You made it through last week when I was all <laughs> on my own, uh, but not this week. Uh, no, not John, but I am pleased as punch to be joined this week by Lucas Ham Swisher. Lucas is a, a, a good buddy of mine. We met through the Married to the Games podcast. Shout out to Married to the Games and became friends and immediately, uh, well, I don't know, you can speak for, to that, Lucas, I suppose, but we found in each other that Christian bond and uh, and uh, I learned more about his life, which you're going to hear about momentarily. And I asked him, him to come on the show and to, to share with us on our journey through the Gospels. So, Lucas, welcome. And would you give the people kind of a sense of you and your work and where you are and what you're doing, just sort of uh, take us on the water ski (laughs) over the depth of your experience, please. You got it, buddy. Hey, Eric, it's great to be with you today. It's great to share this time with you, talking about God's Word. Um, This is my first time being on a totally God-centered podcast, as it were. Oh, wow. Most of of the time I've been in podcasts, it's been more of a conversational and just focusing on life in general. But to have this opportunity to talk about God's word and just kind of give opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak through us. It's an awesome opportunity. Yeah. But yeah, yes. I would say that pretty quickly, uh, we started, I think, communicating together when Married to the Games had the forums back in the the forum days, I think. Am I remembering right sure. that you were on there? I, that you used it I occasionally? Was, I, I wasn't. I wasn't on there a lot, but I was around. Yeah, yes. I feel like yes. it would just be like little comments we would both make. There's just some people sure. you can tell by the way they comment or talk. Uh, there's just little buzzwords or yep. I don't know, just a yep, just a, a spirit of posting sure. as it were. Uh, but yeah, to get to get back to <laughs> yeah. who I am, why sure. I'm here, um, outside of us just being married to the games community members. Uh, sure, I'm a pastor and missionary in Brazil. I am originally from West Virginia, and I've been here in Brazil for the past seven years, serving as a missionary, a pastor, an English teacher, um, and so that's that's really the main thing I'm doing mm-hmm. right now. I'm with uh, I'm yeah. with the Church of the Nazarene. Full disclosure: I'm not a Catholic, but I have been to many Catholic services, and I have many friends, family that are Catholic, and mm-hmm. uh, I am I am all about diversity and all about variety. Yeah. Uh, I see denominations yeah. and all the parts of the Christian faith as just the expression of the body. So it is, it is awesome to have this yeah. crossing of the streams, as the Ghostbusters <laughs> would put it, in a good way, sure. not in the bad way, yeah. where you know destruction right. happens. This right. is going to be it for a good, <laughs> for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. This is our, our this is our faith. Uh, this this word of God. This this living, breathing word that we share together. And though. Uh, you know, some denominations may share different interpretations. Um, I think in our in our general appreciated orthodoxy, you know, we, we hold these words up uh, to be just just what what Peter said: the words of everlasting life. Yes. And so, uh, so I'm glad For to sure. glad to, to to jam with you on it. And so, uh, again, hey, thank you everyone for listening in. And in this episode, we're going to be pondering together Matthew chapter 14 verses. 13 through 21. And that sounds like this. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place apart. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng, 
and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and blessed, and broke, and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. So here's a wonderful story. And Lucas, uh, what are your initial impressions here? What stands out to you, man? Well, I think the initial thing that pops out to me is this is a wonderful miracle for two reasons. One, it has to do with food. You can't go wrong (laughs) with any miracle involving food. Now, you know, the first miracle when Jesus turned the water into wine was great. There are a lot of people out there that appreciate a good drink, good wine, but there's nothing like good sustenance, good food. And so the fact Mm. that Jesus used this moment to show his power, show show who he was through the multiplication of of this bread and this fish, um, that part got my attention. But the the other part that really got my attention is the fact that Jesus demonstrates that he is the master collaborator through this miracle. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's simply put, he could have done this by himself. He could have said, oh, we have a problem. I need some bread, need some fish. This is over here. This person has that. Let me break this, do this, do that. But Jesus, even though he has all the answers, all the ways, he refuses to do it alone. He is a, God is a relational God, and Christ was a relational uh, Lord. And he is a relational Lord and relational Savior. And so... The fact that yes. he took this opportunity to, to challenge his disciples, to collaborate with them, to work together with them so that they could do it together and they could create this miracle together. Sure, the power yes. came from God, but God's power was working through not just Christ, but working through the disciples, giving them wisdom to find the person that had the five loaves. You know, here it doesn't talk about the boy, but we know that there right. were people there that were that had it. They just had to find it. And Jesus said... You need to give them something to eat. You give them yeah. something to eat, and yeah. you know he used them to to pass out the food and and just all of it is just all about collaboration. And so I really appreciate that about that miracle hmm. because it encourages us to do the same. Yeah, there. Uh, I don't remember where I heard it. Maybe you have, but there is this sort of. It's not really heretical, but it's maybe kind of a misreading that that's going around or has gone around that the miracle of the story is not that Jesus multiplied, uh, you know, bread and fish, but that everyone who was there already had food and they all shared with each other, like some sort of marvelous potluck. And that was the miracle of everyone sharing like some sort of Judean Thanksgiving image. Hmm. <laughs> and of course, of course, we reject that absolutely. Right. I mean, it would that would be great if that were true. You know, I mean, it would be wonderful if, you know, 5,000 
plus, you know, maybe ten to fifteen thousand for all we know. Right. If they got together and shared, but no, the 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 miracle is absolutely in the multiplication of these base elements and the distribution through the disciples. Yeah. And and I hope you won't mind me stealing, you know, your notes here. Uh, but you you point out a marvelous little detail, and that is. The and Matthew and the other writers didn't have to make note of this, you know. It's it's it's, but it's not for nothing that they did. Especially Matthew writing to that Jewish audience that there were twelve baskets yep. left over, still basketfuls. And uh, and what are some other twelves that we see in in Scripture, Lucas? Does anything pop to mind? Well, of course, the you know, especially Matthew calling back to the Old Testament, the twelve tribes of Israel. Yes. Uh, Jesus appoints twelve disciples yep. and uh, to be in his more directly inner circle yep. in the in the present. Yeah, and uh, and there are also which we learn later on uh, there are twelve gates into the heavenly city. Yep. you know so the and th- which speaks to more Eucharistic language the access to Jesus. Yeah. you know being being through his body and his blood. That's true. W- w- something that that I see and, and that you you hinted at you you touched on is this little interaction that the disciples, whoever it was, maybe Peter, I don't know, they came to him and they said, this is a lonely place and the day is over. So mm-hmm. no one, it's like desolate, right? right? No one's there. It's 10 o'clock at night. And he, the disciples or whoever, one person, two people, they try to get him to send everyone away. Like yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, look, you found out that your cousin died earlier this morning. Right. Okay. Haven't yeah. you had enough for today? Uh, they they try to ruin the moment, yep. and I, we just talked about it. Uh, going back, you know, uh, to Peter tried to dissuade Jesus from going to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. God forbid, Lord! And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan! Yeah. You he didn't say this. This is me saying, right? It, as Jesus, but Jesus didn't actually say this. But he said, "You cannot stop what's happening here." Yeah. You know, I'm going to move forward. The The message and ministry of my life will move forward. And it did here as well. Um, Jesus said, hold on, <laughs> you know, don't throw this off the rails. I have something really special to give these people. Um, and, and so I, for me, that resonates once again, reflecting on Peter. And we're going to talk about him definitely in the next episode. Oh, for sure. That, that Jesus, just like you said so beautifully, he opens up this wonderful opportunity to, yes, participate with him and collaborate with him in the work of the gospel. Yep. It's, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's just so encouraging and it's such a, such a timeless truth that we have to fight against because logic says, you know, and I think you, you look throughout what you, you were talking about earlier about Peter and his, his logic. Uh, I think his logic many times is the logic that many of us have that, Oh, this doesn't make sense. We don't have, we don't have the means it's late in the day. Uh, we don't want them to travel too long after dark. You know, it can get dangerous. Right. There's all kinds sure. of yes. logic and and reasons to do something a certain yes. way. But Christ says, "No, we're going to we're going to take yeah. this a totally different route." And in the process, yeah. God is going to reveal His power. And not only that, I'm going to reveal how much I want to uh, share grace through you. Not just through me, yeah. not just through what I can do, but what we can do together. Yes, yes. And uh, and I see just quickly here, you've got a little note about uh, uh, Proverbs. What can you pull that uh, curtain back? <laughs> so one of my one of my favorite proverbs in the past year or two, 
um, is Proverbs eleven twenty five. Okay. And to to just kind of throw it out at you, I think in in the NIV is the one that I most generally quote sure. and read sure. is uh, is pretty much the generous will prosper. Hmm. Those who give a cup of water will receive a cup of water. Uh, that right. one I don't think is the NIV. I think it's a different. But actually, in Portuguese, I I really like the translation. When you literally translate what it says in Portuguese, it says the generous will pro- will prosper. Those who give a cup of water they themselves will have their thirst quenched, hmm, their wow. thirst satiated. Like the whole wow. idea that it's not just about giving a cup of water to receive a cup of water. It's you fulfill the needs of yes. someone else. And whatever your need is, it will be met as well in the process. Wow. And so it's hmm. the idea that they were they were giving everything they could find. They said, okay, we've, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say in the scripture, and then they searched, and then an hour later they said, okay, here's what we got. <laughs> right. But I imagine that at that time, unless someone was really hiding their food that they had, that they took everything that they had, said, this is all we got. Yeah. So yeah. we got the five yeah. loaves, we got the two fish. What are we going to do from here? Yeah. And Jesus said, bring it yeah. to me. Hmm. And you know they, they gave so that a need could be met. And in the process, it says all ate and were satisfied. That doesn't just include the 5,000 men. Uh, that includes the women and children. That includes the disciples, and that includes Jesus. Yes. Everybody was yes. satisfied. Hmm. Well, thank you for those reflections. And hey, thank you for listening to A Journey Through the Gospels with the Catholic Forge. To catch the rest of our study, you can find it live right now on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All of this week's episodes with Lucas will post together in one long-form video on our YouTube channel on Friday. Thank you for listening, and please join us in the next episode of our journey through the Gospels.